what's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. Thank you to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. To Dine For The Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. Spiritless supports the conscientious cocktailer who wants to live fully but drink differently. Their signature Kentucky 74 is a distilled non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails. It's zero alcohol zero guilt, and just 15 calories per serving. Whether you go completely spiritless or go halfsies with a foolproof bourbon to lower the ABV in your cocktail, you can get your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. This is To Dine For, the podcast. I'm Kate Sullivan. Join me as we meet some of the world's most brilliant and fascinating minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is the general manager of Zabar's, Scott Goldshine. This business is built on relationships. So it's fun to help raise some of these people up and, and watch them be successful over the years. Scott Goldshine has been working the cash register at Zabar's for nearly 40 years. Mind you, his title and job description has changed many times over, and he now runs the store. But one thing he's learned is that he's always expected at the register if someone is waiting. For those of you who aren't familiar, Zabar's is one of the original specialty grocery stores in New York City, the ultimate destination if you're a foodie, and one of only a few original family-owned grocery stores that is still thriving. They are exceptional, and a true testament to longevity in the brick-and-mortar space. Today, we explore the history of this iconic food spot through the eyes of Scott Goldshine, while eating at his favorite restaurant, Katz's Deli. First of all, thank you for bringing me to Katz's. Even if I wasn't bringing you to Katz's, I would do it myself. <laughs> well, of all the restaurants in New York, and there are so many fabulous choices, why did you choose Katz's? I've been coming to Katz's probably since I'm five years old, so over 50 years. My father used to take me almost every Sunday, no matter where we lived, whether it was in Queens and Long Island back to Queens, but that was our Sunday treat, was coming to Katz's. Are you kidding me? You came almost every Sunday with your dad. Yep. And so you have so many nostalgic memories uh, with this in, within these four walls. Oh, I love this place. When it comes to classic, iconic New York City eateries, Katz's on the Lower East Side of Manhattan is at the top of the list. The corned beef sandwiches are legendary, along with the personalities who eat here and work here. 
A lively and colorful atmosphere is just the beginning. Each week, thousands of people flock to this legendary deli to feast on corned beef, pastrami, and brisket. The restaurant opened on Ludlow Street in 1888 by the Iceland Brothers, and when Willie Katz entered the operation in 1903, the name was officially changed to Iceland and Katz, and eventually just Katz's. During World War II, all three sons of the owner were serving their country in the armed forces, and the company's slogan, Send a salami to your boy in the army, stuck. Years later, the romantic comedy When Harry Met Sally made the dining room famous with the line, I'll have what she's having. Today, I'm having a pastrami sandwich with another legendary New York City personality, Scott Goldshine of Zabar's Grocery Store. I feel like it's such a New York spot, and you're such a New Yorker, and um, I'm just thrilled to, to be here with you and, and hear a little bit of the Zabar story, too. So take me from the beginning. Like, when did you start working at Zabar's? I started in 1977, actually. It would have been a few years early. I was 17, and my father and Stanley Zabar were friends, but the person that ran the day-to-day was uh, Murray Klein, who was the third partner. And I was terrified of him. Why? Everybody was terrified of him. <laughs> he was terrifying? You never called him by his first name. It was always Mr. Klein. Even Stanley and Saul would call him and refer to him as Mr. Klein. Mm. I don't think I ever heard anybody call him Murray except for his wife. Wow. So when I was like 13, I would ask Stanley, can I get a job? He's like, sure. You have to speak to Mr. Klein. Oh. I'm like, now you speak to him. He <laughs> says, nope, you speak to him. And this would go on every year. I said, Stanley, can I get a job? He said, yeah, you have to speak to Mr. Klein. So it took until I was 17 years old before I finally got enough balls to go in and ask him for a job. And my older brother was work, worked there for a little bit, and he had already been through He had already asked Mr. Klein. Yeah, he already had, he, was, he had got sighted. And so I asked him, and I knew I was going to get the job because he knew who I was, but I had to go through him. Sure. It's part of the process. Absolutely. Rite of passage. And he made sure to torture, men- mentor me, and raise me all at the same time. <laughs> I took what, out- did you, what did you learn from Mr. Klein? What was it about him that you took away from, well, from that experience? I started out taking out the garbage for the first six months. Wow. And one of the things I learned was... You never ask anybody to do anything that you won't do yourself. I learned what it was like to start at the bottom, so I learned how to treat people from him, even though he could be pretty rough. He was fair, but he was rough. Mm. But the way he treated people, everybody respected him. Before we go on, for those people who are listening who have never been to Zabar's, will you explain, first of all, what it is and what it's like to go in? Zabar's has been around 86 years. It's... uh, called the Jewish Deli, but it's really an appetizing store, which has evolved into, it it started out as a smoked fish stand, and eventually, that was separate in a a supermarket, It eventually became Zabar's as a store. Over the years, there was about five Zabar's in the late 60s, it became one. And we've always been known for our smoked fish and our coffee department. Those were always the the big two. But we also have an incredible prepared foods department, an amazing cheese department. I mean, going into it is like your mind is blown. There is literally anything you can think of you have. I mean, I love just looking at the types of honey 
you know, you think you go in for a, mm-hmm. for a jar of honey, forget about it. It's like this honey and that honey and Manuka honey and honey from Africa and honey from Canada. I mean, it's just the selection. There's so many options. I, I just, if I'm a food lover. And if you really love trying different things and different tastes, there's no place like Zabar's to go in and just kind of have fun. No, I mean, we were the we were really one of the first of the gourmet food stores. Now, of course, they're all over the place, but... Yeah, before Whole job, Foods, before any of these. Before all that other stuff, yeah. it was basically us and Balducci's and Dina DeLuca, pretty much. And my job is always to find, as far as, far as the dry goods to find the honey that nobody else has, to find the preserve that, that nobody else has, or the olives, or the olive oil. And I still do that now, that's part of my job, because I don't want to give that part up, because yeah. I like, I love finding new stuff. Yeah, um, I would think that would be the fun of it. Oh, that is the fun part. Yeah, finding I finding get, the kind bars, or finding, like we talked about, Daniel Lubetzky, you know, mm-hmm. trying to come in and convince you to, it, at the time it wasn't kind bars, it was his uh, it was tomato a, paste that he was trying to sell. Alleys, yeah, right. and, and you were trying to determine, you know, whether the product was going to fly on the Upper West Side, whether people were going to buy it. I mean, that's part of your knowledge base, right? I mean, you basically get, if you're lucky enough to come in, lot of, lots of people would send us samples. Um, but if you're coming in, you basically get five minutes. I have to decide in five minutes if I think it's a possibility, if it's not a possibility. Uh, a lot of people get rejected. Uh, if I had more space, I would take more, but a lot of stuff does get rejected. But part of the fun is also people like Daniel that I've watched. I mean, he's an extreme case of right. someone that really kind of became it. successful. <laughs> yeah. kind of became successful. Uh, I've watched many people not be successful, and I've watched many people in this business be successful. And it's fun to help people, to, especially, you know, there's some products you think, okay, I'm going to take it. There are other products you kind of believe in and you like the people behind it. And this business is built on relationships. So it's fun to help with help raise some of these people up and, and watch them be successful over the years. Let's talk about the Upper West Side and your customer base. Um, I would imagine that you have a very lo- fiercely loyal customer base, but also very particular. Am I right? A hundred percent. Am I being diplomatic? <laughs> being very diplomatic. They are definitely particular. They are definitely loyal. They speak up for anything. If you raise the price of something by a nickel, you hear about it. And they're pissed. It's not like you raised it by a nickel. It's why did you raise it a nickel? Right. They treat the store as if it's their store, which is good and bad. <laughs> Give um, me an example. You know, someone will come up to me and say, you know, the floor doesn't look too good. You got a hole over there. You planning on fixing it? I said, well, you know, it's been that way for 20 years. <laughs> we know it's been that way for 20 years. Are you ever planning on fixing it? I'll get back to you on that. Eventually, we finally did, but th- things like that. It's like they take ownership. And it's good because it also, ke- first of all, it keeps us on our toes. But I mean, I would imagine like going to work is like, you know, just being in the middle of a cast of characters. Every day is not the same. I can, one thing I can say, my job isn't boring. I may have a list in my mind of what I'm going to do when I come in. Never happens. Mm. If I get two things done that I thought I was going to do, it's just a never-ending... I'm sure other stores have their issues, 
but it really seems like we have special cases many times. <laughs> I mean, the things that happen in that store, uh, whether people are passing out, whether people are stealing. Or we actually had someone shoot himself in the cafe. What? A, f a few years ago, uh, somebody came in to buy a bagel in Nova in the morning at the cafe, and uh, while he was online, someone heard like a loud shot, him go, oh shit, and there was blood on the floor. He had a handgun? He had a gun in his sweatpants. Oh my lord. We still have the bullet hole, well now we put a new floor, I still have the bullet hole in the floor and on the table. He ran out. It was front page of every newspaper in the city. They caught him a couple hours later because they just looked at the local hospitals and the one guy that walked in with a gunshot wound was the genius that, that shot himself. So we've had pretty interesting, cool stuff happen. 86 years, is that what you said? I think it's 86 now. What do you think is the secret to Zabar's success? Because there's been a lot of growth, a lot of change in the Upper West Side. And Zabar's has stayed steady, has stayed consistent, has stayed successful. You know, I like to call this one of the world's oldest mom and pop store because it's run like that in, in, in many ways. I mean, Stanley and Saul Zabar, who are still running it and own it. Saul is 92 and Stanley is 87. They are both there most of the time. There's always one of them there every day. Sometimes it's the whole day, sometimes There's always it's a someone hours. minding the store, so to speak. They're always there minding me, <laughs> making sure I'm minding the store properly. You're minding the store. Well, they mind you. Yep. We have a great relationship, but, you know, we try and have fair prices. It's always been best quality at fair prices. You have to take care of the customer, which everybody will tell you. I'd like to say that, you know, our motto is the customer's always right. <laughs> customer isn't always right. There's um, an exception to every rule. There is. I mean, we try and act that they're always right. Right. But, you know, uh, we can be particular if somebody says, you know. The, they can the, be particular and you can be particular. Both. You know, if they say the, the Nova's not good. And I know that Saul has tasted every single piece of fish before it comes into the store and when it was in the store. You roll your eyes, but you give them their money and you, and you move on. Yeah. And you move on. Yeah. It, it's really like a family business. A lot of, you know, we have people that shop in there five days a week. They know all the clerks. It's the neighborhood yeah, grocery store. It's the store. neighborhood grocery store. Yeah. We get tour buses, we get tourists, we get people coming from all over the city and all over the country. But we also have the people in the neighborhood that are there. You know, I'm, now, I'm there now 44 years, and I'm talking to people that, you know, I used to carry around the store as they were infants, you know, feeding them, and now What's they're that like? bizarre. Especially when it's someone I haven't seen in a while, and they come in and they say, hi, you remember me? And I'm like, no. Uh, he used to carry me around. My father was such and such. He used to feed me fruit salad, and he used to give me a taste at the fish counter. And this is my kid that I want to introduce you to. Wow. So it's very, very bizarre. Yeah. It's cool, but it is bizarre. You know, people don't have jobs for 40-plus years anymore. You know, it's a rarity, <laughs> never mind at a place like Zabar's. It must feel, in a way, an honor to be a part of an institution like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was not what I thought I'd be doing in my life, but it is... It's made me the person that I am. My introduction a lot of time, it's, oh, it's Scott from Zabar's. They don't necessarily know my last name. <laughs> sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But as soon as I say the word Zabar's, that's my identity. And it used to bother me in the beginning, but not anymore yeah. because I'm proud to say that I've been there for, for that long. And 
and that I'm helping to run the store with everybody else that works there. We'll have more from our delicious meal in just a minute, but first, thank you to our sponsors. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Now back to our conversation. What's the most bizarre request you've ever gotten? I used to get asked for reindeer meatballs, but we used to sell reindeer. When I started, we used to sell reindeer meatballs. Are you serious? Yep. I think they were from Austria. Came in a can. So if someone came up and said, excuse me, Scott, do you have reindeer meatballs? You said, yes, right this way. I used to. We used to keep it behind the register. It was in a round red can. I still remember to this day. Wow. This is so good. This is so delicious. You know, it's something, sometimes it's about, it's not about the food as the location, the ambiance. A hundred percent. The nostalgia. It's not about the food. I mean, this is a weird time to be in here because there's nobody in here. Right. Um, but just the whole, look, I'm Jewish. This is part of my heritage. Yeah. It's part of a lot of other people's heritage that aren't. But just the whole Lower East Side, the coming in here, the just... The history. You know, and I always laugh and wonder, gee, what would have happened if I was, if I knew the Katz's family and I would have mm. been here? I've taken people here that have never eaten here before. I've never be heard fun. of it. I think about five kids from the store one night. They never, never heard been. of it. They've never been down here. They never heard it. So I took them down here. What do you think is going to happen to Zabar's? We're going to be exactly where we are. We're trying to do certain things to. We're very old fashioned and we're very slow. <laughs> change is not. Uh, we're very, very slow to make change. But we do, mm-hmm. slowly. But surely, and we'll see. I mean, my goal is to make sure we open and close every day. And there's about 230 employees that are there. 230 employees. Wow. We have 230 employees. We hire about another 40 or so during Christmas. Wow. My goal is that there's a lot of people that have made a living there that still make a living, and I feel it's my responsibility, as well as the Zabar family, to keep that going. Um, and we will. You know, things change. Our customer base has changed. I mean, we have a much older demographic, and we complain about it, but it's cyclical. When you think about the future of Zabar's, it's such an institution, and it is such a quintessential Upper West Side spot that it has the staying power to, to continue on for the next 10, 20 years. Yeah, we're, we're one of the few 
We're certainly one of the last of the independent food stores, yeah. period. While other stores in our, you know, like Dean and DeLuca is no longer, Balducci's is not. Why do you think that Zabar's has succeeded and they've gone? We've never expanded. Saul and Stanley are always there, as was Mr. Klein. Very, 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 very hands-on. Still are. They live in the neighborhood. They're quite happy being where they are. They're very happy making sure that Zabar's is what Zabar's is. It's a local neighborhood place as well as a tourist attraction and, and, and a place for everybody. There's something to be said for sticking to what you're good at and keep in consistency. Very, very much so. Consistency is extremely difficult. The fact that Zabar's has been able to keep it up and to keep the brand at the same level, I mean, says everything. No, there's a couple of times we've, or I've wanted to do other things and have gotten shot down, which is, which is fine. And the answer always was, and in the end, it's always been right. Let's stick to, this is what we know. We know what we're doing here. Let's not screw that up. Let's continue to do it, continue to make it better. And they were right. When someone comes to pitch you something, a new product, and they get that five minutes with you, what are you looking for? Usually nothing other than it's got to catch my eye. Um, it's not like when I go to the food shows, I'm looking to, you know, I'm looking to bring in preserves. Right. I'm looking to see what catches my eye because there's a thousand preserves, there's thousands of olive oils, there's, there's very few things that don't exist. It used to be there was always the first of this or the first of that. But it's a copycat business, like most businesses. Right. So it's got to catch my eye. It's got to be reasonably priced. One of the big, big problems now is people come in with something that should be priced, say... Five dollars and it's 15. And it's 15 because it's handmade and it's artisanal. <laughs> and I'm like, good. So you're going to keep it in your kitchen because you're never going to sell it to anybody ever. <laughs> no, but you don't understand. This is special. I said... It's a blueberry preserve where there are thousands, and I'm sure it's hand-picked, and you pack it yourself, but you're never going to sell it. And then they'll say, well, could you try it? Even though it's $15 a drop, but if you sell it for $18, it's okay. So I should make $3 on this. They don't get it. No. So the rules of, of retail never change, and the fact that people try to somehow skirt the system. Now, yeah. The first thing you look at is, can I sell this? Sure. And can I make a profit? Exactly. Right. So I don't even look at something and wonder what it costs. I look at it and say, what can I sell this for? And then you work, and then you move backwards from there. Do you live in New York? Eight blocks from the store. Oh, I, I was thinking that's the only way it would work is to be able to... The amount of hours that I've worked and continue to work. So this is your, it's a your neighborhood place too. Yeah, I mean, and you have children, right? No children? I have a wife. Okay. Who I love. Hi, Jackie. So this way I don't get shit about this later. <laughs> who has put up with me for all these years. Because I do have horrible hours. We're kind of a bizarre mix because my wife is Dominican. Oh, awesome. And there wasn't too many of those couples when we met 25, 30 years ago. Did you meet at the store? Yes and no. Her father worked there. Her sister worked there, and her brother's girlfriend worked there, but I did not meet her in the store. Oh, really? I met her online at the movie theater with a with her brother's girlfriend. Wow. And that's on the Upper West Side? On the Upper West Side, and 
I can't go into the whole story because I did say something filthy, but she didn't get upset about it. And <laughs> she stuck around with me for, for all these years. How, tell me, how has the pandemic been for Zabar's? Have you got, I mean, because it's really an interesting phenomenon because obviously there were so many changes in New York, yet gr- gr- there was such a run on groceries, right? So I imagine you had that factor and then you had the factor of many people leaving New York. So I just wondered, you know, how it was for you. It was very rough in the beginning. We had a lot of people that were ill, a lot of people that were out. Um, customers were out of their minds. Stressed, worried? Everything. Really? No patience, no common sense. The anxiety. And no matter what we would do to try and protect them and protect our employees, it was never enough. <laughs> From wearing masks to gloves to having sanitizing solution. Yeah, I had plenty of fights. I mean, I had plenty of fights anyway because <laughs> it's Zabar's and it's New York. That's but, you know, from you're not standing, you know, they're not standing six feet apart or someone's mask is down by their nose for a moment because they were eating something. Um, the customers were very unreasonable in the beginning. But there was also many customers that were, th- you know, we, o- we were always open. We never closed. We cut our hours because there was no business. We took a very, very, very large hit in our business. Did you? We have a mail order business that stayed, that did very, very well and stays okay. But the in-store customers... And do you think that's because so many people fled? Lots of people fled. Anybody that had money and a second house left. That's a lot of the Upper West Side. Yeah, a lot of the doorman buildings, they have 20 to 30% of the people living there. They don't. Wow. Everybody's gone. And still, we're still down 20%. I'm but down. you're only down 20% now? Well, we're down 70 we have three, almost 300,000 less customers this year than last year. Um, so it's, it's, been, been it, it's been rough. But we didn't lay anybody off. Everybody still has their jobs. You didn't lay anyone off? Two people, I think. And they were brand new, so it wasn't. But, you know, we've had to watch our hours and things like that. But we've been open. Everybody's working. That's amazing. So that's really that's a credit to you guys. That's really amazing. Look, I've seen, you know, what other people, I mean, I've seen plenty of stores that are closed, restaurants and things that I never thought would ever close, closed. So it's the fact that I'm walking around with a mask all day, this is not something I ever, ever thought would happen. So what do you think is, you know, you know as you look to the future for you, you know, what do you want the next 10, 20 years to look like for your, for your life? Well, I'm 60. I don't really have any retirement plans. My ideal retirement would probably be at some point to work just two or three days a week. Yeah, but you want to keep working there as long as you can. It's the only job I've known. I wouldn't even know how to look for another job if, if, that, were to ha- if that were to happen. I like, what I'm, I like what I do. I mean, like every job, there's good and there's bad. But if Saul's the barometer, you could be there for the next 30, 32 years. Listen, he's an amazing... The fact that he's still coming in at 92. He still gives me crap if I do something wrong or if he thinks I'm doing something wrong. We, I mean, I love him. He's my boss, but we also have a father-son relationship. I've quit about five times because he and I would get into really, really bad fights. And they would, it would last anywhere from 15 minutes to a day and a half. But it's always, you know, he'd apologize and hug and kiss me. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. 
But isn't that a blessing? The fact that you have a job that, you know, so many people are just plotting and planning retirement. They're, they're, they're waiting for a moment to, to escape from the work they're in. And you, on the other hand, can just see your, the only thing you would want to do is reduce your hours. You don't ever want to leave, really. Yeah. I mean, look, I think if you retire and do not work, you die quickly. So I'm not necessarily looking for that to happen. <laughs> Um, it'll happen when it happens. So the alternative is to is to uh, yeah. just reduce your hours a little. Yeah, look, two or three days a week and not have the pressure and not have to be the one that always has to make the decision. When that time comes, 10 years from now, whatever, that would be fine. I would have, I'd be okay with that. I don't have a place in Florida. I've only been to Florida once in my life, and that was to lose weight, and I, so I've never really seen Florida. I don't even know where I'd go. You're, but you like your life. You like your life. You like your work. I, I love New York. I love being able to go downstairs at 3 o'clock in the morning, and if I want to get something to eat, or if I have to buy some orange juice, or used to be, you know, go get the New York Times at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now it's all online. You can't do that. But just the mere fact that everything is, I don't have to at get into a car. You can do anything you want at any hour of the day. You are a true New Yorker. I am. I am. This has been so delightful. Thank you so much. Oh, this has been Thank great. you for bringing me to Katz's and hearing the story. Um, and I'm just, I'm just thrilled. Thanks for listening to To Dine For, the podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For, the podcast, American National and Spiritless. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.